lunch at Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello, and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm, of course, your host, Tom McCray, and joined with me is, um, you know, he is boy, he is, um, the ultimate, uh, <laughs> he's the ultimate, uh, muscle dad, willing to save us, and goes on a true bonding, uh, experience there through all these caverns, through the Nordic history there. Uh, you say that as he's tempted me into playing God of War there. Cal Reader, how are we doing? I'm good. Your boy, you can tell you've not played it but, uh, at all because your uh, boy, it's not as uh, oh, good. Uh, it's not as, you know, you've got to kind of put the the worry of Spartan fucking rage into it. Go, boy! And you, you'll get there, Tyler, don't you? Worry. That's right. I feel uh, like a white CEO trying to be trendy on Twitter. <laughs> hey, kids. Speak. I'm feeling real sus playing Among Us. Thumbs up. Yeah. Have you. This will, this will completely date this episode. However, Weetabix, yes. which I, I don't know if they kind of. Um, if they have that for any of our American listeners or anything like that. They recently did some sort of joint advertisement or something like that with Heinz Beans. And have you seen it? Yes. It's absolutely fucking hilarious. Where it's just like, basically, listeners, I'll 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 get Tyler to post it into the uh, onto our onto the socials and such like that. But um, they basically had baked beans on some good old Weetabix. And loads of different companies and countries, Israel, for example, has tweeted them saying, finally, it's got something, it's got the Middle East joined together and saying, that's disgusting. It's <laughs> 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 just, just fantastic things. Uh, oh. The NHS has tweeted saying that tweet should come with a health warning. Uh, Victoria Police has said, please do not report crime via social media. Uh, Israel, fi- finally something that all Middle Eastern countries can agree on, just know. Also, want to know uh, how you can upgrade your Weetabix? Hummus. Oh, God. There's loads know. of fantastic. It's this. it's, it's, mwah. Nando's, UK, hun, DM are open if you need to talk. KFC, let, let's set aside our differences to prosecute this under the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lidl, baby UK, you've hardly touched your Weetabix and beans. <laughs> uh, Manchester Police, uh, we've been looking into this after a number of complaints today. Due to this serious nature, we've passed it over to our major crimes incident team who deal with serial killers. Oh, boo. Uh, Christian Aid wait, as well. I'm waiting, f- Sorry. I'm waiting for the one sort of, um, obviously, Twitter, social media apprentice they've got on this just to go a bit too far over the line just tweet from say uh, I don't know as the account saying anyone who eats this is a nonce <laughs> I was going to say the first thing you think in it what's, what's the go to I'm just going to call you a fucking paedophile if my timing has come correctly the episode before this was my infamous f- birthday episode is that right Tyler is that how it's going to be released or am I kind so. of Fifth, the 50th will definitely be this bad boy um, yep with your one, I will release it uh, for your birthday late Feb. Last week of February? Yes, last week yeah, of February. Yeah, yeah, that'll be on track. We'll be right there. Yes. 
so the reason why I mentioned that in, in the podcast, and, it, and obviously you can cut this out, but which <laughs> you're just going to cut out the last. Let's have a look. How much have we been recording? Uh, last five minutes. It's going to be the hello. <laughs> As we just kind of went on an event about Weetabix. Um, yes, obviously either the last episode or, the, or a couple of episodes before uh, th- this, we released a birthday episode where we reviewed uh, obviously one of the worst episodes of Simpsons ever I think we both came to an agreement where it was a bit it possibly wasn't the worst but it wasn't you know the best um, it's coming up to our it's come, yeah and it's coming up to our 50th episode which uh, was a surprise to to me anyway I don't know about yourself Tyler but because I think I had to ask you where we were yeah. in the episode Exactly. Um, when you're held captive in Tyler's flat, like, <laughs> come on, please help me. Um, so we thought we decided to have a build-up to our 50th, our, our half-century uh, episode, and review one of the most famous Simpsons episodes. Um, one of only a few two-parters, I think. There's only one other, what I can think of, Um yeah, which wasn't really a, a two-parter either. To be fair, it was, it was when Ned Flanders. This is the one we're reviewing today, guys. If you haven't seen from the episode there, uh, when Ned Flanders and Edna Krabappel. I've kind of hijacked this podcast now, and we're just doing any episode I want. Um, it's Ed, it's when whether or not Ned Flanders and Ed, Edna Krabappel will get oh, together. They had to vote for Nedna or no Nedna. Yeah. I do remember. <laughs> well, for the fiftieth episode, we had to do something special there. And clearly, we're going for uh, one of, if not the well, best episode they've uh, possibly done here. And it that is Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1, directed by Jeffrey Lynch, written by Oakland Weinstein, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, with the original air date being 17th September 1995, and the couch gag being that the family just keep running past the sofa in a Hanna-Barbera style. And uh, as I always say... Um, Anything nostalgic about this? Yes, obviously I, um, cause I, I was only built, born in '95, um, so we did, and obviously you're only about a year or two decades yeah, older than me. I never would have watched um, it the first time. Yeah, my first memory of this, I remember because they always, they always show it on a back to back. Sometimes it's an hour um, episode. And I remember the first time watching it, I was only very young, um, like six or seven-ish, maybe. Um, and my, even my mum was saying, I remember when this came out and it was a big thing. and Because it, it, it was a big kind of like moment in, in TV history, really, of who shot him, you know. And and there was, there was competitions, and, because it was, obviously this is the series end of series six and it was off over the summer. Um before it returned in the fall, um, I and I remember between the breaks of who you know part one and part two, my brother asking me, and he was like, "So who do you think it is?" And I was just like, "Well, I don't know. I don't think it'll be Homer because it'd be too obvious it'd be Homer. Like, it could be Waylon. I don't know." Um, and you know, I it's from watching it after. Obviously, the second part, it's there's the clues out there, and this is where it's so well done, because obviously with the ending, 
without spoiling it for this episode, which is over 25 years old, um, there's clues throughout this which kind of point towards that it was always going to be this person. It wasn't ever going to be, you know, the random bongo guy they got it. <laughs> but hey, I want to have you besmirch the name of Tito Wente. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is obviously a classic film. Is it the best, uh, sorry, uh, best episode? Is it the best episode? Um, arguably it's one of the best but it's definitely up there um, and that's why we're doing it for the build up towards our 50th what about yourself what would you say Tyler uh, for me as far as nostalgic memories I, again I think it's the same thing as you my mum or dad told me that oh yeah there was this episode where Mr Burns was shot and it turns out he did it and obviously you think <gasps> how did that happen fucking spoilers oh, wait 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 wait, wait. what sense of that Tyler, censor this. There we go. I've done it. <laughs> you're just gonna be. You're gonna. You should do it. Every Ooh, time we yeah, accidentally slip up. Sound effect. Every time we accidentally slip up, let's just do it. When it was revealed who killed him, I was like, "What? Oh, no way!" But then, when I like watched it ever since, that it still holds up, even though you know how it ends up getting resolved or who it is, still doesn't take away from the fact that it's just so perfectly crafted it's a very well done who done it there and I'm, I'm we'll dip in and out of you know what the clues were and who the suspects genuinely could be in that and how they even stuck in red herons uh, and uh, everything else there but yeah I've, i was just reading up on the mania this had uh, in the summer of 95 just as soon as that ended everyone was questioning it um i know they utilized freeze frame technology on VCRs with the VHSs and that to make sure that, oh, wait a minute, um, did they actually use his gun or, uh, you know, was it a shotgun or that? And they all the producers and everyone involved wanted pe to keep people guessing. Uh, so much so that um, even a lot of the animators got told to do certain bits and the only person that really knew was uh, Silverman himself who led this episode that they kept a load of people in the dark even the voice actors, they had them read a dummy scripts as well. Right. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. So um, they absolutely had no idea what was going up until the, you know, the witching hour, the 12th hour itself. And it's just a fascinating, and it's, I can't praise it enough, Cal. I'm blabbing on now, but yes. Let's get into it. How we kick off this uh, you know, true trailblazing episode is we have a nice morning at Springfield Elementary. Skinner comes through there and he's happy to get to work again. But usually, you know, the school doesn't really smell this rank. And after smelling himself, he's quite proud. He goes into one of the classrooms and he realises that uh, the class pet has sadly passed away. Crushed under his own war bottle cow. It's uh, sad to see. Um, now, did you get a kick out of the name? Uh, of Super Dude. Super Dude, yes. <laughs> It was this. It's, it's, yes, it is. It's very kind of like. Did you have any pets or anything like that? We 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 had guinea pigs at my school. We um, just had a little little goldfish in the class. Very yeah. low maintenance. Um, I can't remember the guinea pig's name. Coffee, I think maybe. I'll ask you. I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, we. Uh, it is very kind of bullshitty. Crash knows what it'd be now. Like probably. Twerk Master 69 or something like that like 
cute little hamsters twerking away. Um, but you know, it's and it's just, it is a sad moment of just losing the pet and having to explain to a bunch of children. So instead, what does he do? He uh, goes to good old uh, Willie, who's in his little cupboard reading something about a deer. I think. Yeah, I think it was Deer Weekly or something. He's just yeah. having a good old <laughs> chuckle there, and he must dispose of Super Dude in a respectful way there. So he just you see, he's digging through concrete. He is. He's digging yeah. through the floor itself. In the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, the school itself is always it's known as like being quite a cheap and oh, you know, yeah. cheaply run school. So it could just be that the bottom floor isn't concrete, it's actually just dirt. That's why he's digging there. Dirt that they painted. Pretty clever, like Mo said. It's a better barrel than um what his dad got. <laughs> He just threw him in the bog. To be fair, my my granddad always used to say um, when he died to chuck him out with the bins. Just make sure it's a wheat day when he dies. Let's <laughs> go from there. Unfortunately, uh, this disposal method wasn't so efficient there because as soon as Willie starts digging there, he notices some like black liquid on his um, spade there and he realises he struck gold and this big jet of oil just comes straight out, knocks him over goes up to the first floor in Bart's class where they, in fact it was Bart's class that Super Dude was the pet of, and they're trying to realise that, oh wait, someone trumped ooh, that is a van out and special there boy, but no, thankfully it's not because the oil jets up through there as well, and then you talk about escalation and just the punchline, then you ah, poor Ralph it's just right under him, and you just go oh, Miss Hoover, the floor is moving and it's a. I will say, if you love callbacks and this whole episode's like a big yeah. fan service and callback to all other history and canon in the show, and I always like the bits when Ralph would just go, Miss, and then something happens. You go, Ralph, do you remember the time when? And my favourites, you know, Snagglepuss was outside. He was going to the bathroom. <laughs> just a cat taking a piss. But before you, <laughs> before he even goes, remember the time. <laughs> Oh, just gets yeeted to the other side does. of the. Like, <laughs> I was kind of expected just to see him pop out of the fucking roof. Like, I did, yeah. <laughs> I always misremember that. Doyle just jets through all of the school building there, and they all run up. Well, Skinner and Willie run up to the roof there, and oh, we have Chalmers. This only gets better and better, folks. We got Chalmers on the case as well, don't we, Cal? We do, and this is one of my favourites. Well, one of my favourite jokes is, um, you know, uh, Skinner's on top of the roof looking at all the damage, what what this what what is done more than anything. Um, and as he's looking down, uh, Chalmers comes up and goes, <laughs> "How come when I uh, when uh, when I heard a school had exploded, the first thing I thought was Skinner." <laughs> Seymour, even. Damn it, I fucked it up. I'll try no, again. No, no, it was Skinner. It was Skinner. Was it? <laughs> he doesn't have to crawl his way out of this one, Cal, because uh, no. this uh, oil worker's come on site. He said, oh, gentlemen, you've struck oil. Therefore, you know, you're the richest school in the state here. And uh, the, he finds the corpse of Super Dude. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. And just, again, yeets him away. <laughs> In between all this as well, we have Burns um, at the power plant in this big conference meeting there. And um, I've got this written down, folks, so uh, please forgive me. I'm probably going to uh, try and do it in a water. 
as he turns okay. the page of his carefully planned <laughs> um, Phonetically spelled as well, so he doesn't get it wrong. <laughs> Burns is making sure that these um, profit projections are going to be headed to Pete Porter and Pasadena, and it has to absolutely positively be there overnight. Now, do you know what this whole sequence uh, is in reference to, Cal? I do not, I'm afraid. This is an old FedEx ad. Right, okay. Because at the time, that was their um, slogan. Absolutely, positively, we'll be with you overnight. And the whole uh, side-on running back and forth. And um, there's a fella fast talking, much like uh, what uh, Smithers goes through as well. So that whole thing is a reference to this FedEx ad. And it gets passed from pillar to post there between each person. And I've got Skinner's as well. Uh, I've got Wayland's as well. Um, he runs in and he goes up to this Dick Strawbridge-looking fellow there, and he goes, "Perk up, Pendergrass, profoundly pressing package of power plant. I'll cut it together, folks. It's fine. Power plant profit projection for Peter Porter in Pasadena. Priory, precisely. <laughs> oh, just the sheer amount of effort that Harry yeah. Shearer had to do. I can't imagine how many takes there. I know he's a veteran and all that, but." The speed, you can understand almost all of it as well. It's just incredible, Cal. Definitely, for for, for show. And, you know, I can't even get my fucking... I can't even say for show without stumbling yeah. over my words. So it's, it is wonderful. We need good old delivery people, such as Homer Simpson, who at least returned it to the right people. Oh, he just comes bursting through into Burns' office and the dunderhead. He's just... That's... My name's the return... Uh, the return address there. And then um, this boy was home as pissed there. And straight away he goes, oh, this man doesn't even know my name, you know. I'm going to let him know. My name's Homer. And then bang, just gets hit with a weight yeah. of a thousand grams. So it sounded bigger. It sounded bigger than ordinary. <laughs> I can't get, get used to this imperial measurement. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as we say, a wonderful callback um, to Burns just genuinely does not know Homer's name. Do you have a favourite uh, Burnsism for describing Homer? Mine's, um, I believe, Chair Moistener for when he becomes uh, hyper-obese. I don't know, probably one of my favourites is this when he goes, uh, who are you, Mr Burns? Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> we both work in relatively big companies. Obviously, mine, not to compensate for anything, but mine's much bigger than yours. Um, <laughs> um, but I, my... Obviously, with my manager, when I first started, he didn't know who I was. Uh, it's a gentleman called Lindsay, who uh, my ma- manager is. And at a Christmas party, I was a little bit drunk. And I was just, as he was trying to leave, I was just like, I'm going, next year, we're going to have a fucking dance-off, you and me, Lindsay, on there. Dance-off, you and me. And then um, the following year, as I was leaving, I wasn't as tipsy, but I thought it'd be funny just to... From, from, and at that point he didn't know my, my name uh, the first time a couple of days later uh, he was handing out random gifts and he was just like Cal and just looked straight at me and I was just like oh fuck okay um, he knows who I am now um, the second time it was when there was a big boxing fight on and halfway through the Christmas party uh, me and a bunch of people snuck off to watch it at the casino um, couldn't get into the casino, saw one of my friends on the street, and he was just like, ah, scum like us, and just uh, randomly got <laughs> got a tin out of his pocket, and I was just like, thank you, Squire. Um, gave him my flask. Uh, went back, and as, as we were leaving to go out for the rest of the night, um, I was just like, Lindsay, I know you've been waiting for a year, 
but like unfortunately i'm gonna have to postpone uh, the dance off just for a little bit longer and everyone was just kind of looking and he probably just totally forgot about it but he just went cal if you hadn't fucked off to go boxing we'd be dancing right now and i was just like fair play Lindsay, fair play and just left <laughs> I've worked a fair few places and when a lot of them have been kind of retail jobs and when you kind of bump into them and I've done it myself where people have bumped into me and have gone, oh, hi, how are you doing? And you just can't for the life of remember your name. I feel rude. I think it's rude. I'm just like, how, do you, how dare you not remember me with this job where you deal with about a thousand people a day? <laughs> like, it's me. I am the protagonist of this universe. Like, have you been in a situation where you just can't for the life, they recognise you, but you can't recognise, you don't recognise them? Oh, yeah. Like, many times before that, I've had it with people who I used to go to school with and just <laughs> generally do not know. And they would, and obviously, you only remember them being like, you know, early teens and that when you are in school. But then you see them 10 years after and that and they've got a beard or they've, I don't know, stuck a load of weight on or whatever. Or they've just changed generally. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to know that? You had like freckles and a squeaky voice now. Well, you had freckles and squeaky voice and how the hell am I supposed to tell you from away from Mike now? It's just makes absolutely no sense as well what burns is doing now he's just busy chilling um exercise well i say exercising smithers is doing all of this now on the tandem exercise bike he's reading the springfield shopper and he just hates it you know how dare a non-profit organization strike it lucky with all this oil riches and that and you know just can't be said. do do 20 more laps i'm, I'm feeling rather frisky and so they're busy doing not that 20 laps with- Oh, 20, 20 miles. miles. <laughs> Excuse me. Good God. Uh, even I've never done that on a regular bike, let alone exercise bike. Jesus Christ. So we have burns and skin and nose, absolutely paggered, going into the lift. And Homer's been uh, studious now. You know, he's going the extra mile. He's got tags all over his helmet. He's got his name badge on with H. Simpson, Homer Simpson, any kind of Simpson on. Burns goes around. Lenny, oh, Carl, uh, Guillermo. Who, he just sees his eyes, but he knows, oh, that's good old Guillermo. And then to Homer, it's still, oh, you, you, so still carrying on there. Still can't remember his name there. And Homer's beat up about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just never going to end with this. Do you know the trick? I think, I can't remember if I said this on the on a podcast the other day or I said it, or I was saying it to somebody else. Um, the trick of if you ever forget someone's name is to say, oh, I'm sorry, what's your name? And when they're a bit offended and they go, oh, it's, they'll tell you the first name, tell, it's Tyler. And you go, no, no, not your first name, Tyler, your second name, what's your second name? And then they'll say your second name and then you can be like, I knew knew you had that nickname, I knew you had that, and then you can kind of like build a nickname behind it. Oh, McRae, that's like, um, you're not related to like the McRae's in down London, are you? And you can kind of like, build it from there That's i've never used quite it a good i don't know i've never used it in practice but because i think most likely i'd fuck it up but it's a very good way of just kind of like hiding embarrassment for yourself because like i said we've all been in those situations we're back at springfield elementary now and uh, skinner and chalmers are busy trying to think how are we gonna you know spend this money and we get uh the start of a great list of uh, requests from all the staff members and all the school kids. Do you have a favourite out of uh, these highlights, Kelly? 
Um, well, there's the one what, uh, what you don't find out in this kind of, like, knockdown, but uh, it's what bloody uh, Bart says, that he wants to bring back the dead. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> bring back the Three, the three Stooges. Stooges. And he goes, they wouldn't want to go round, uh, round you anyway. He goes, yeah, they'd probably want to hang with the family, wouldn't they? <laughs> Which is very realistic about it. Yeah. <laughs> My personal favourite is... Um... It's very quick, but it's just auto and you're just like, oh, you know those guitars that are like double guitars, you know? One bit just before this, which I just remembered as well, um, is they, before they, they kind of open it up to the floor to see what they want, uh, he's got that newspaper and it says, worst, uh, awful school is awful rich. Yes. And he shows, he shows Ch- uh, Chalmers who's smoking a cigar and covers up the word awful school. And, he, and it's very kind of like um, steamed hams, Yes, kind of this banter. is pre-Steam's hands, and it's the same yeah. um, tone of voice. Dynamic, right. yeah. And, it, it, and it's this kind of, uh, where he's just going, what, so what, what is it? Oh, it's just, an, it's just another headline. It's just another article. It's like, in the Better headline? headline. <laughs> yes. Now to, now to divert ourselves <laughs> from this conversation. <laughs> we could, we could um, give every, every child in school a college uh, education. Which did both both out laugh, uh, both Big out evil laughing. Tory laughs on him there. Jesus. Yep. But the proposals are uh, groundskeeper Willie wants a crystal bucket and a new dirty blanket. Uh, lunch lady Doris is sick of her staff complaining, complaining that it's about. Dirty. That, I no, that, it's all it's all dirty and it's full of uh, mice. So she wants to get rid of the staff. Lisa wants to get, bring in a and I think this is one of my favourites just because it's um, how the dynamic is as Lisa's just saying she want, uh, this is jazz artist he's obviously a famous jazz artist uh, Tito Piento uh, not Piento what's his name Tito Tito Puente Puente um, as he opened the door uh, both Skinner and Chalmers yeah, like, just how like, do you know him <gasps> Tito Puente because <laughs> everybody knows him the school's full really of just massive gags. jazz yeah, jazz fans a big and such. Surprise and great grin on him as well. <laughs> um, um, Ralph, do you know what Ralph wants? Chocolate microscopes. Yeah, Otto, obviously, as he said, double guitars. Um, Skinner's very Skinner. reasonable or rubber yeah. stamps. Exactly, I like a good rubber stamp. You know, it's I I, I feel like I need more. <laughs> I need more from the collection I've got. Yeah, want a crystal bucket for my slop water? Ooh. And a brand new filthy blanket. The cafeteria staff is complaining about the mice in the kitchen. I want to hire a new staff. I'd like to start a jazz program for the music department. We've got a really great instructor lined up. Cheeto Puente. He's ready to give up the drudgery of the professional mambo circuit and settle into a nice teaching job. Man, it will be my pleasure. Lisa has told me all your students are as bright and dedicated to jazz as she is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's go now, Mr. Puente. Chocolate microscopes? You know those guitars that are like double guitars, you know? More rubber stamps. I guess we'll talk about it now as well. Um, what do you think of Tito Puente of all people guest starring? Because Matt Grain was a massive uh, fan of him there and his jazz drumming abilities. So he had him on the show. I think, right. like... As obscure as he is, I think he does fairly well. I mean, one of my yeah. best lines that he does in this episode is when they go, oh, he robbed the school of music. He robbed the school of Tito! 
He's, and he's just got a cool name and that, and yes. I like his voice and everything. So serviceable job, I would say. Definitely, I think like he he does he does well in in the fact that obviously he is a very niche person to have as a guest star. Um, but his comedic timing is really good. His acting script really good. His delivery is fantastic. Um, you know where he punches the fucking banjo, not banjo, the uh, bongo. I know my instruments. I used to drum as well. Funny enough, <laughs> out of these, some of them are, are, are pretty good. They're, they're pretty uh, hilarious. My favourite, I don't know, probably Groundskeeper Willie's just kind of like a crystal bucket and a new dirty blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thing, I don't know. But then obviously, Mr. Burns. It, as I, I, I don't know why. I just love the animation of of how almost like a Muppet Skinner is just <gasps> packing all all the paper yeah. into his uh, briefcase. It's just, it flows so beautifully, and he gets a uh, on the intercom. Uh, his secretary says, "Oh, uh, Principal Skinner, there's yeah. one more student left over," and he goes, "Oh, that's strange." I. Don't have a secretary. Or, or a... Go. <laughs> Principal Skinner, this is your secretary. There is one last student here to see you. That's on. I don't have a secretary. Or an intercom. But send him in. Hi there, Dean. I understand you're taking suggestions from students, eh? <laughs> well, me and my fourth-form chums think it would be quite corking if you'd sign over your oil well to the local energy concern. <clears throat> Mr. Burns. But... It was naive of you to think I would mistake this town's most prominent 104-year-old man for one of my elementary school students. I want that oil well. I've got a monopoly to maintain. I own the electric company and the waterworks, plus the hotel on Baltic Avenue. That hotel's a dump and your monopoly is pathetic. The school's oil well is not for sale, particularly to a black-hearted scoundrel like yourself. I see. Then I'll just have to attack you. I must have that oil. <laughs> Smithers... Smithers, help me subdue this beast. Sorry, sir, this is all I could find. Take that and that. Please don't waste those. How does he, like, how does he work it, though? That's the thing, like, is, is Skinner just in... Uh, Skinner, is Smithers just in the background, just, like, whispering or something like that? Like, You know what? Burns has got all that El Capitel now. I'm pretty sure they've snuck in a little microphone and a small speaker as well. But, um... I see what you mean by very Muppet kind of style. You see Burns walk in here as well, all mouth agape and big spangly looking arms and that. Hi there, Dean. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, hell, do we even need to talk about the meme? I mean, the meme doesn't even need to make this a great scene as well. It's just, um, I saw it getting shared a lot with, you know, how Fallout Boy and Green Day were doing the Hell Megadeth tour, or whatever else. I literally saw everyone do like, oh, me getting tickets for that, and then it's just uh, Burns. Um, and I think whenever there's a new Toy Story that comes out, that gets shared around, like, oh, it's me sitting down in front of kids, and ahoy there. Ahoy there, fellow the inf- children. <laughs> it's the infamous um, kind of, uh, as of recent, a you know, one of those, I can't think, now, now that's what I call music, 70s or, oh, or whatever what combinations. Oh, I know what you're going the infamous Dad Rock album, which has got a load of some forty one and uh, Avril Lavigne as uh, Dad Rock classic. What's your opinion on all this? I mean, I'm not pleased about it, but I will say that now that these bands and these albums are getting to be twenty and then thirty years eventually old, 
that those people who are at that age or listen to it will eventually become parents and dads themselves. So I understand the marketing of it. However, I just think maybe it's a tiny bit too soon. But that's from a selfish reason and not thinking that I'm getting old. How about you? It's it's a weird one for me. Like it doesn't. It, it's it's going to be in a weird situation where, for example, like with my niece, where I'll, I'll be doing references and she'll be like, oh, that's so old. And I'm like, eh, no, you don't know Dick and Dom? Like, what the fuck? Little, little things like that. And I, I was I remember saying, I can't remember who I said it to, but there's going to be a, a time where um, you're in, if you if you still go to clubs, I would be obviously COVID, no clubs have been open for many, many years now. But it's going to be a, a point where they're going to play... Um, baby shark in a club and everyone on the dance floors is going to be like yeah fucking this reminds me of when I were a kid and that's when it's just like oh there's something where I've seen loads of memes where it's just kind of like oh can I see your ID oh no it's okay I saw the one and like what and then you realise it's 19 it's just like oh you're a baby you were born in 2000 oh they're 21 <laughs> like to be fair it's What's good about this scene is they don't kind of play it off so blindsidedly where Skinner just is not a complete idiot and he just kind of, he's aware of I it love obviously Burns' being... reaction as well, Mr. Burns. <gasps> <laughs> like, how dare you see through my disguise? He's <laughs> just like, well, of course I recognise uh, the most prosperous 104-year-old who's trying to pretend to be one of my elementary students. Like, <laughs> of course... I'm glad. Like it's just it's 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 very funny, and then you get the good old, um, possibly one of my favourite jokes. I think probably yeah. It's it was hard. We were talking about this before, weren't we? And we were saying and how it's quite hard as a um, to kind of pinpoint what the joke is, uh, what what our favourite moment of the episode is. But I'll say this is by now. It's just a. I've got a, a monopoly to. Hold, behold, I've got the waterworks, I've got the electric words, I've got a hotel on, on such such avenue. To which Skinner replies... That hotel's a dump and your monopoly's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just how quickly he says it. There. It's very uh, rare for Skinner to actually stand up for himself there. It's perfect. It's just, it's wonderful. It kind of shows almost the army man in, in him, like the veteran of just kind of very... Just, just such a beautiful shutdown. Yeah, exactly. And you can see why he, he's such a good teacher in a way, because he's just such a kind of like, oh, shut up! Like that place is a dump, and you know it. You're a whore. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna cave to some bitter old man like you and um, you know, Burns uh, realizes, oh well, you know, I've lost here, but oh, he he sneaks him, he sneaks attacks him there, Cal. With wild waving of the arms there, but he's, <laughs> he's getting awfully tuckered out there. So, Smith is you know, subdue this beast. It, it's not like My pleasure, run. sir. Can I have a take that and take that from you as well? <laughs> take that and that. Ah, <laughs> oh, it wasn't as good. I'm gone. I was too much under pressure. I got too confident. Um, and he just starts firing staples at him through a staple gun, to which. Good old Skinner just looks at him and just goes, please don't waste those. those. <laughs> <laughs> we get our first act break there. I'll say um, pace-wise, um, for a lot of information and a lot of clues they've got put across there, it flies by Cal. And also, it feels like they don't labour or lean on like specific things there. They'll show you multiple things, like, you know, 
three o'clocks and nine o'clocks, all the clocks in the rooms, uh, people's surnames there, SS, WSS, Skinner, all that. They keep referring to clocks and sundials effortlessly. Like, I still don't think about it when I watch the episode. Yeah, for sure. I noticed it in the background, if I'm honest, the WS. It's the first time I noticed it, and that's when I was looking, like you, like you just said, do um even as far as like sideshow mel and stuff like that could it be the ms and 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 little things like that uh did, i don't think did he ever reference because it what skinner's name is i looked at, i had to look it up it's walter is his first name and seymour is oh, name and i thought that was just something they did just for this so it could work into the wns it's a lot like a lot of people um have you got a middle name at all no, 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 no. no? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't cool enough, and my parents couldn't no. be asking me a middle name, so it's just good old time. Out, out of curiosity, did you always want a middle name? Or was that just me? I don't. I don't have a middle name either. Primary school Tyler thought it was really cool because um, I think I heard it on um, Bugsy Malone that kids film. Um, I used to try and get people to go. Oh yeah, oh you know I've got a middle name. Yeah, what is it? Oh, it's a uh, Roscoe because I think that oh, was the name God. of one of the little pip squeaks that was running along with bugs. Yeah. In there, and I thought, oh, this will catch on. No, of course not going to catch on. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that was a thing for about two weeks in year uh, four or whatever. But yeah, um, I tried to be Roscoe McRae or Will Roscoe. What about you? Oh God, yeah. Um... I I wanted a middle name. I always did for some reason. Like people just say, "Well, why don't you just give yourself a middle name?" Like no one's gonna be bothered. Like you never get. I just always like the option. Just want the the question. What I always ask people is with them, with their middle name. At any point, did they fancy going by their middle name rather than their first name? Because it is, you it's a surprisingly it. common. Yeah, it's a surprisingly common thing though, and like. I remember when I told my granddad that I, when initially I was I was doing like a uh, media based like a film based thing, and he was just like, "You need a middle name." I was like, "You like you need a middle initial or something like that, just to give your name more clout kind of thing." So I get it. I get like it just I don't know. It just, I want that authority of just like, "Hey, I'm Cal D Reader," but I, that's the problem as well. Like, Cal is obviously a short name, short for Callum, but I prefer going by Cal. Uh, if I go by initial, like I, I've noticed at work when I say you threw to Cal at, a lot of people say, "Oh, you, oh, hi, hi, Cala, you're right." And I'm like, "No, no, that's not my name." In a couple of episodes, time where it's just like, and we're with Cal Xavier, reader. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that works. That fit. Yeah, it's because I'm bold and I'm in a chair. So. <laughs> <laughs> Marge gives a home with the suggestion of, "Well, we're Mark." father was trying to catch the eye of my mother he would send her a chocolate box there with a photo inside so she'd never forget him there so homer decides all right yeah that's good so that's the next plan and with that uh, we see burns back at the plant there he's busy looking over at the school and seeing them construct uh, what's going to be the big turn-on ceremony with the oil there and he realizes that oh well i've got to get a bit of that there you know how dare they start doing that and this is where we start seeing um, Wayland's, um, well, he's not having it. He's got so much um, to put against Burns there. Well, I'm usually all right with this, but, you know, this isn't a company. This is a school you're going against. People won't stand for it. It's so immoral there. 
Burns even says, you know, it's like taking candy from a baby cow. Big old hint there. Exactly. Hint, hint, wink, wink. But he kind of looks over at the... Uh, he, find, he finds a baby <laughs> who's got a... Uh, uh, getting a lollipop. So he decides to start going towards it and steal the baby's He's going to rob that little baby. You know, he then decides... He uh, goes, oh, wait, um... Uh, there's, oh, there's some chocolate here, sir. Why don't why don't we eat this one instead? Um, and they start eating all the chocolate, and he goes, oh, and they start recognizing people, and, it, and it's good kind of references to previous episodes as yeah, well, because you've got, um, you know, you've got Maggie. Oh, yes, that's little Maggie Sim- uh, Simpson who uh, who gave, reunited me with my sweet dear Bobo, and uh, oh yes, there's a uh, the their dog Santa's little helper, um, the Simpsons who, butt. Again, M&S much. On the sundial. I never knew that before, uh, but very there, good. I didn't, there we go, I didn't realise that either. And he goes, oh yes, and it's it's um, who was a hound, a hound dog of mine for a while. And oh yes, Bart Simpson, who was my heir for for a short while uh, back then. Do you remember? And he goes, oh, yes, I remember, sir. Yes, I remember. They end up getting through it. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think I, I like, I, 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 you know... Covid lockdown. Everyone's put a few co- uh, Corona curves on. Trademark. I'll read her. Like I'm coming at you. Whoever says it, like Tyler, fucking charge you little bitch. Um, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so violent about that. You know, I've I've eaten a full fucking box of chocolates to myself. Like over Christmas before. Do you have before. a favourite uh, chocolate box tray? Are you milk tray. Are you um, Thorntons? Are you the Goulian little Belgian shells? What are you? There, see, I was talking to someone about this before. I was talking to my my, my sister and my mother about this. Because um, around Christmas time, for any American listeners, I'm sure you guys have the similar kind of thing. We have like boxes of chocolates, uh, like tins of chocolates, because it used to be tin, now it's like a plastic uh, bucket kind of thing. Um, and various different things. So there's quality, the main ones are quality streets, which are various different uh, chocolates of, of various sorts. Roses, which is similar, um, different company. Then there's celebrations, and then there's uh, heroes as well. Like celebrations and heroes tend to be like the Maltesers and Mars bars, and heroes is like the Cadbury's ones um, from there. And I was saying which one you've got. How you can judge which one is the best one is from the quality of the ones what are left over. So like, even though the quality streets tend to have quite a good mix of various difference. You know, nobody's going for a toffee penny or um, a fudge stick or whatever the whatever the fucking no, things are called. They're always like left at the bottom. Heroes, you know, you probably the last ones are like the eclairs, uh, really. Like celebrations are quite strong, I would say. Just you know, I personally, I I don't mind about it. So you know, they're Ooh, never really left. All right. I did not expect that revelation on this here podcast. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I, I could, I could, I, I could demolish about it. Given, given the choice, I sometimes choose a bounty. You know, controversial. I know. Twixes are a bit kind of like. Well, I'd, I'd, if I wanted a Twix, I'd go for a biscuit or whatever. Roses as well. I don't think there's a bad rose really, in my opinion. Um, but so I, roses, a box of roses, would probably be my favourite. Even though. I do like a quality street strawberry. But what about yourself? What would you say? See, for me, um, I think my mum got us for Christmas like Thornton's uh, 
their own chocolate trade Sheffield box. brand. Is it really? I it didn't is. know that. Um, yeah, and that's Stella. I don't really leave a chocolate. I'm trying to think. They've all got your nice fondant ones in strawberry and orange. They've got good nougat and praline stuff. Also, I used to really enjoy it. Terry's all gold there as well. Um, they've got a really nice writing. Again, not a lot getting uh, binned there. So I'll probably weigh up. I'll probably lean more towards uh, all gold for uh, like, you know, slightly cheaper than your Thornton's, your specialty chocolate. But uh, yes, I'd, I'd notch them down easily. But Homer, he's only gone and got the bloody sour log. He's only got the toffee penny on his face. And Homer uh, and Burns didn't even recognise him there. But he's going to send him a nice con- thank you letter. Does it, it doesn't go straight into this, does it? No, uh, we're back at the elementary school for the switching on of the oil. So we switch on to the oil and all of a sudden nothing happens. It's kind of good, you know. It happens to the best of us, you know. It happens to a lot of men where they can't perform, you know, that well. And, this is where we <laughs> need to get on the sponsor of, like, New Man or Blue Chew or that. Come on. We're reaching out here. But before we get on to, like, camp phallic jokes and all that, which is a right cork here with um, Burns and Skinner there, um, I even like the little bit where you know Skinner's presenting that, saying, oh, you know, we're now the richest elementary school here in the whole state there. The children will enjoy the privilege and all the resources that come with it <laughs> until they have to go to Springfield High School when they graduate. And the squeaky voice teaser, oh, we've got an air hockey table. Okay, fine. <laughs> We will give you this one. Today, Springfield Elementary embarks on a new era, an era of unbridled spending where petrodollars will fuel our wildest educational fantasies. These young minds will enjoy every academic advantage (laughs) till they enter Springfield High School, which has no oil well. We got an air hockey table. Fine. And did you catch Nelson when um, the best student, Lisa's coming on to flip the switch as well? Nerd. Nerd. (laughs) Nerd. He's got to get it in there. He's got, he has to get it in there. You're absolutely right, Cal. Um, it's only a little spurt that comes out there. Someone's already tapped this oil. But, I mean, who could it be? Who who could it be? Could it happen to be good old Mr. Burns's side... What, what, how does he excuse it? I can't remember. Sideways... It's a slant drill. Yeah, slant drill. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, oh, this great big uh, apparatus is just waiting to ooze out with precious fluid. Homosexual, isn't it, Smithers? And you can tell Smithers is sticking his feet, sticking his heels into the ground there. Because usually he's all over the camp phallic metaphors, of, as we've seen before. But no, he's really irked by Burns. It's a significant yeah. character change. And it's yeah. good to see. My one question, though, because obviously a little bit... What happens is obviously the spurt from... Uh, Burns's oil rig uh, strikes oil, oil and squirts oil, flying straight into <laughs> Bart Simpson's uh, treehouse, injuring both Bart and Santa's little helper there. A little bit, a little bit later in the episode, they obviously go to the vets, and Bart is is fine. He's just got a few bruises and and such, um, and then good. Unfortunately, the the lamp is running away. He's uh, got all Santa's little help. Has got <laughs> that's got my a, dog, a, a, man. Lamp. <laughs> he's got a wheelchair and he's got a uh, cast on his ass and and he's got a cone around him just so he doesn't bite stuff. Um, and you kind of slowly seeing not just Bert, uh, not the Skinner but the rest of Springfield slowly getting 
a little bit more eats towards Burns. Mm. They're slowly building motives, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. And and you get, obviously, Grandpa's home getting destroyed. Who else does he irk? He, uh, this is the bit what I was going to say. Obviously, most happen, they kind of go, the health inspectors or whatever come in, and he goes, what, what exactly does he say? Man alive. He say, my God, man alive, alive, man alive here. Because, um, obviously, the fumes and stuff. Now, with the school, obviously... They were going to keep the school open. Would would they just? <laughs> were they going to open a separate school for like the kids to go to? Like, or just yeah, going to make them work around? They just learn how to swim in it. Like, what was the end product going to be there? Oh God. Yes, let's talk about uh, Mo's Tavern, and I'll jump back to the school there. I take it was very close to being my favorite um, bit, but I'd probably say my second favorite bit is um, you just cut right into there, and Barney saying no. Oh, you know, I'm getting a buzz off these fumes, but where's the, you know, sense of self-esteem and the self-grandiose? And then, oh, did you hear the sounds coming out of that one trunk? Hey, if you guys are getting loaded off them fumes, I'm going to have to charge you. He's just shaking and then just falls off. It's just, oh, it's great. I don't know who the hell did that. Maybe it's a castlanetta just doing some sort of a drunk voice there, but... <laughs> It was magnificent and it gets me every time. And Moe's even, ah, you know, if you're getting high off those, i got to charge you. They get kicked out and they say, we're going to have to close this down uh, whilst whilst he's drilling his oil just for safety reasons. So then uh, Moe says, fine, fine, but without uh, just whilst I get one last thing and he, get, um, he gets his gun out, mm. to which uh, Barney goes, very yes. Important. Yeah. One more thing to which he gets his little gun from under the stool, which makes me think, you know, I've been to America, I've been to America a few times, but like, how, <laughs> why are they so loaded? Why are they so kind of like heated in the bar and stuff? I never noticed that, or maybe I just wasn't. I don't, I don't uh, they never mention it's an open carry state, which like, is a thing in America, that, but I mean, it is Springfield. It's a massive mob mentality. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me anymore. But yes, um, we're all setting up. We're setting up the table, if you will, that each of them have got a motive. You've seen them with weapons there. Now, like specifically with the guns and that, this all gives people, well, a motive plus an alibi as well, which um, I'll get more into when you know, what happens to Burns happens there. But we will um, go to the school, and Skinner's absolutely pissed off, of course. Burns has pumped the oil dry, and he says, oh you know, for all of the, you know, building and for the destruction of the apparatus of the oil tower and that, we're going to have to cut the, you know, the useless, um, <laughs> what is it, the useless classes there, or the useless functions there, which is music, which is Mr. Largo and Tito Puente going, okay, <laughs> what, respectively. And he, he punches the fucking uh, banjo, <laughs> not the banjo, the fucking, I said banjo last time, the bongos. <laughs> to which, um, and then Andy uh, maintenance. So it's Willie like rips his shirt open. <laughs> and oh, he goes that was on. A great overreaction because he explains like, oh, you know, because of that, we can't. Can we afford all the things that we asked for? No. God, and he just rips it like in a big stage theatre production. It's amazing. To which you go. I'm trying to find. Let me just try and find the quote. Quote where he says, uh, "I'm going to kill, kill Mr. Bur- Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns," and. Uh, 
Wounds like, that Mr. <laughs> Smithers. And he's off. He's hot headed. He's away. Smithers. You know, Smithers is just. It's, it, it's just doing a job, you know. He's not like. He's not evil at all. He's just, just a, a well paid butler. Yeah. We've got four, five, six strong contenders now for you know, who's going to do the deed, if you will. We cut back to Evergreen Terrace now, and Lisa's explaining over the phone to Tito Puente that, oh, I can't believe they cut the music arts and that. Oh, how dare they get rid of you? And Lisa rightly gives out to Homer, how can you work for such an evil man like Mr. Burns? He goes, oh, he's not that bad. He gave me this letter. Thank you, Marge, Lisa, Maggie, Bart, and SLH. Dad, you're not on here. Folks, this is my absolute favourite bit in the whole entire episode. <laughs> Everything from the animation of him shaking with rage with the letter, his pupils minimising him and minimising into little yeah. dots. And he goes, kids, please leave the room. And the like, very, the very quick, swift animation of him leaving... And um, <laughs> and he just swears. Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. Dad, this doesn't have your name on it. Kids, would you step outside for a second? <gasps> Dear Lord, that's the loudest profanity I've ever heard. He says 25% of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now... Castlenet had to have screamed that. He's very oh, method. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. he did. And you just hear church organs, pigeons leaving the nest, and rightfully so. Flanders says, good lord, that's the loudest profanity I've ever heard. Now, Cal, <laughs> you found a fun little fact with my favourite scene in this. I did. The bell rings in F minor, funny enough. You know, we've all been in situations where we've kind of like swore it's when you hit first hear your parents swear kind of thing like my mum we've kind of got an open kind of we'll swear a little bit at each other we'll tell each other to f off and stuff as a joke kind of thing we wouldn't ever say it maliciously but my dad would never swear i remember once he, he did something very similar where in one of the older cars he was getting something off uh, out of the boot and uh as i can't remember how he did it he managed to break part of the boot like the hand like the to actually open it, like break the handle and trapping his finger in in it whilst oh, it caught it. But it was just like just go inside. And as I went inside, I said, "Fucking twats!" <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh." <laughs> but I did have one once where I picked up the phone. My mum's phone was ringing, and um, my, it, was, it was it was my dad. And this happened relatively recently. And like I said, my dad doesn't really swear, and he gets he, even as like a twenty twenty five year old man, he he, get, he gets a bit funny if I swear in front of him. Like he's like, oh, you don't don't swear. And it's just like it's contextual towards the story and shit like that. Like shit, like if you say piss and stuff like that, that's fine. But it's like that, yeah, like the f f you know the f the f word. I said cunt earlier. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that's the um, like kind of like draw, which is like fair enough. I, I, I as a respect thing, you wouldn't say it. Um, and my dad works a very manual job, and as my phone, as he picks up, as I picked up the phone, he obviously was still expecting it. Firstly, to be my mum, and secondly, uh, for, <laughs> uh, for it to ring a little bit later. And I kind of say hold, uh, as I say, hold for Julie Reader, which is my mum's name. Um, 
my dad goes, uh, yeah, and I fucking told her this. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, what? <laughs> I've done that a couple of times, but like intentionally. So yeah. I'll just cut my, I don't know, we used to do it back in the day with like um, my mates and that. And I'd do the PK thing, like, you know, don't care whose it is, it's floating. Hiya. So we're at the power plant now. Smithers is using Burns' binoculars and he's looking at the path of destruction he's caused there. The elementary school is down. The retirement home's down. Moe's bar, shut up shop. He says, well, sir, I hope you're very happy with what you've done there. And he's stuffing all the dollar bills in his wallet there. He's Scrooge McDuck disgusting levels of wealth here he goes yes that's fine but you know it's not against my one true enemy there because he's responsible for light heat and energy and it's all for free it's the sun and smithers looks puzzled and burns does his wacky races gadgetry there he flips a few knobs here and there and he's un- he reveals under his carpet a full model c a little hint as well. I do like the animation of Smithers. The rugs come literally yes. underneath him, and then oh, ah, so he jumps and he away. Jumps off. Nice yeah. little touch there. This is one of my favourite things about what Burns does. Is his, it's his um, maniacal kind of explanation of, of so eloquently put about how the, uh, the sun has been his enemy for <laughs> for many years. Many different humans have tried blocking out the sun, destroying the sun, but I will be the first one to succeed. Like, I don't know. I just, I just really love his explanation of it and just how kind of evil it really well, is. Well, it's genuinely chilling there. Yeah, it's so grandiose and that, and it's very well. It's yeah, very biblical in the sense. Definitely, yeah. I think it's it, and, it, and after, you know after build up and subtle build ups of uh, Smithers kind of not wanting to kind of go against his patriotic, you know, the patriarchy kind of thing, like his, his father figure. Because um, I think more, I, like, you know, with Burns and Smithers' relationship, what do you think it works better as? As kind of like him as like a kind of father figure or like as a, as a romantic figure? I think it's very messed up because obviously I'll he is... completely honest, I think it, can work um, both ways there in yeah. equal measure. I hate to be a fence sitter there, but yeah. within this, it's well, it's his boss and his well, one of the only few friends he has, or what he believes to be a friend as well. And this is towing the line because he he t- he literally says, "Stay in line, wind your neck in." And good for Smithers, he says, "No, Monty." He uses first name turns. This means that much to him, and so um, he sacks him. You know, if you're not on. You know, shit will get off the pot if you're not on the boat there and chucking you aside. And he sacks Smithers there. I, I don't want any part of this project. It's unconscionably fiendish. <gasps> I will not suffer your insubordination. There has been a shocking decline in the quality and quantity of your toadying, Whelan, and you will fall into line now. No, no, Monty, I won't. Not until you step back from the brink of insanity. I'll do no such thing. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> take that boulderama, take that convenient smart, take that nuclear power play. Do fiddlesticks. 
I've just realised from what you've said that as well, cause Charles Montgomery Burns, he, he's another one who goes by his middle name. It does sack him, and it is kind of a little bit sad. It's, it's kind of, there's a certain thing, and I, and I know you you yourself are uh, are, are a, um, an only child, and uh, what I, I, I've never really seen it with yourself per se, but a lot of the times with only children and with... You know, when when certain people are just kind of on a tangent or on kind of like, not so much a tangent, but kind of like they're just on a destructive path, you just realise they just need to be punched in the face. And like, especially with a, a lot of only children, like, you just kind of look at them and how they kind of argue things and how they kind of talk to people and shit. And you just look at them and you go, you've never been punched in the face. Like, or, or, <laughs> you just need it sometimes. and that, And it's kind of like... You'd think, I think Smithers obviously at this point, he thinks he, him telling him, finally telling him his yes man saying no, like, it should be enough of a punch in the face to make him kind of see sense. And, you know, in certain instances, yeah, obviously Burns has done, played as the villain a lot of the time, but he does have a heart. Yes, it's black and it doesn't it barely work sometimes but you know you can always tell the people you know they've never been told no yeah the people are told no and then they, they kind of they tend to have a bigger fall they had they tend to when eventually they get told no or get get shot <laughs> it's it's a bigger fall from grace kind of thing and it's it's the classic thing when you taught as a kid is of not to fly too close to the sun kind of thing and get your wings melted get and it's just such a lovely, nice build-up. And Smithers doesn't stand by for it. Arguably, he leaks it to the press, because that's the only other way I can logically... Obviously, I'm looking way too into this, but the press find out that Mr Burns is going to blot the sun. Um, they don't call the police or anything like that. Just They know he's going to do it, so they call a town meeting to decide... Oh, wait, before newspaper. we get to the... Before we get oh. to that juicy climax and that, I just want yes. to talk about, uh, well, um, the kids are really sick of Burns. Like, hey, they need to hit him in the bosom of ghoul. Am I right, Dad? Dad, you just see this figure reading the paper there. And shock horror, it's Grandpa. And the kids scream and Grandpa <laughs> screams. Again, this was very close to being one of my favourite bits. Just at least going, oh, well, sorry, Grandpa. We thought Dad had melted. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's inevitably going to be me when I'm uh, 30 and I'm getting younger colleagues into this uh, new team there. Oh, sorry that time. We just thought you'd uh, suddenly melted and faded away into the chair there. But it's amazing. And he's there, you know, because Burns has put him out of a home there. And he's just going to eat, um, what is it, mushed up carrots as well with Maggie. I want a bib. <laughs> Have we got to the point where, home, where it, I think it's around this time, where uh, Grandpa's kind of unpacking and Bart get, opens up an old cigar box which I believe it's a Smith and Wesson revolver yeah not not a Smith and Wesson it's his cigar box is it a, a Hellfish box it might be the Hellfish insignia yeah I think I, 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 I may be wrong but I think it would be there, there is one later in the episode Marge rightly confiscates that gun as well, that revolver he's got. And I love... she goes, loaded. <laughs> Careful, it's loaded. <laughs> yeah, now, like, Grandpa's very traditional sense of, you need a gun to protect the house. What if a bear came through? <laughs> and the very true thing of, you know, oh, you should have shot it in the air. She would have ran off. <laughs> it's fantastic. But then, obviously, it cuts away to Homer 
um, having a mental breakdown <laughs> whilst driving. Yeah, the under his eyes. <laughs> Imagine all the burns. <laughs> and it's and it's and it's 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 a very good kind of Homer's depression into his own insanity is very good. It's just it's just build up build up of just frustration, and he go and you know all the burns go watch out, and he crashes straight through the fence going to work, um, and then the guy goes wait a minute, clicks, <laughs> clicks the button, <laughs> to which Homer gets a, a harebrained brain scream of um, spraying his own name in his office. Like I don't get what what his plan was here. Um, there's an infamous story within my family where. When when I was younger, in the downstairs toilet, my sister wrote my name on the wall, and they knew it was it was it wasn't me, um, because and like they knew it were me, and they they kind of like pulled us aside. They must I don't know if they saw my sister or whatever, and I was kind of like very much a goody two shoes in a way. I didn't like lying to my parents or anything like that. My sister she just didn't give a shit, and she was she's a year younger than me, and we we must have been about three, four-ish at the time. So she would have been three, I would have been four. Um, four, five-ish, maybe. Um, and I remember, like, the, the, the my parents was going, so, you know, obviously, Callum's name's on the t- on on the wall. W- was it you, Callum? Did you draw on the wall? I'm going, no, it's not me. Oh, all right. Well, Bethan, is, is, is it you? You won't be in any trouble. And she's straight out like a serial killer. Says, no. And I'm going, no, no, it is like it is her, it is her. She has done something. She's the one who drives. He goes, well, Callum says it's you know it's he's not done it. Are you sure it's not you, Bethan? And she goes, no, it's not me. And I start freaking out. I'm just going like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like she's lying. Like don't like don't take her word for it. Like I start crying. I start like grab a piece of paper, write my name. It's like look, it doesn't even match. Like what the fuck? Like, don't put me up for adoption. And it's like look at exhibit A. Come on. <laughs> believe me, guys. Come on. Don't call, please. Don't call like Father Christmas and cancel my Christmas presents. And like they go, well, look, you know. Callum's kind of getting really upset about this, Bethan. Like, are you are you sure it's not you? And she's like, no, it's not me. It's him. I'm going, no! <laughs> like, the coldness of it. Like, you know. And obviously nothing ever got, got, uh, got done of it. But I don't get what Homer's kind of, like, endgame is. I am Homer Simpson spray painted into his office. He just wants Ben to say his to name. To notice again. him. <laughs> we'll say he, he never wants to directly harm Burns there until Burns comes through and sees him. He goes, who the devil are you? And that's, hell, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. And my God, what a, what a quote, what a quote sweeping shot there. With anything to do with animation, it's really hard to do like sweeping shots or like camera, quote, camera pivots and all that because it's really time effective and really cost effective as well. Really costly. And it's just, I mean, you just see, see him gallop towards Burns and he just starts violently shaking. My name's Homer Simpson. And he's saying, who's this blithering idiot trying to say? He's just not having it. There's just some sort of a mental block on Burns. And he gets hoisted away from Burns, from the security. And he goes, oh, you're dead, Burns. So, hey, he's if he's not number two, he's numero one suspect. Definitely. It's just Homer's screaming. This it's just it's absolutely beautiful, like 
this is scream is this pure panicked run of just shaking him just going i am homer simpson i am homer simpson it's just it's it's just a man who's just broken just kind of beautiful like you said the whole swerving shot as well it's just everything about this scene is just absolutely fantastic we now get to oh, the bubbling climax here folks we're at the town hall meeting uh, Quimby's gonna give him a strongly worded letter to Burns there to say, "Ooh, you better stop doing that." And um, we have people brandishing guns there, <laughs> stroking and, their guns. Yeah, <laughs> Which, and a nice touch of the street guy going, "Sorry, a lot of people are stroking their guns." I uh, notice a lot of you are stroking your guns. I will uh, let you take the floor. He, he knows <laughs> when the time's right. I'll give Quimby <laughs> that. He knows when he's beat. Definitely, definitely. What what are some of your favourites here? So obviously. My favourite bit here is when uh, Grandpa says that he... he <laughs> I don't know if, if if it was in the version what you watched. I was surprised that it wasn't the one what I watched where he goes, um, they destroyed my home and my buddy's penthouse magazines to which old Jewish You're man bastard. goes... bastard. <laughs> now, I always got that on the DVDs, but obviously that's never happening in the Channel 4 edit. Never seen that. My personal favourite is um, the very first one with Smithers here. Now, of course, this is all very staging, very theatre, where people are just literally standing up and stating their case there. It's very grand. Really enjoy it. But I like Smithers because, um, again, like in lockdown, there's nothing else to do. I've even watched Comedy Central. Central. <laughs> like, for me, it's not um, it's not the whiskey... It's not, Sorry, it's not the scotch and the Comedy Central... For me, it's um, the Spice it's Run reaction. and Challenge for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, where it's just non-stop Bruce Forsyth and uh, Bradley Walsh and all sorts of game shows under the sun. So that's my equipment there. I've drunk nothing but Spice Run and Challenge. Well, it's not that bad. You know, I've, I've got the prices right. <laughs> I never miss that. That's my equivalent. Do you have your own sort of horrible, dirty uh, vices there? Like if you uh... were to get sacked, you're drinking nothing but, I don't know, Milk stout and playing Tsushima, or what? What's your equivalent? <laughs> yeah, I, he says milk stout because um, before this podcast, I opened up a chai milk stout, and it was surprisingly chai, as uh, which I was uh, I get it sounds very pretentious. I I just get like random beers from this beer subscription. What I've got um, for me, I. I have a secret love for like Columbo as well as just kind of like antique shows, I guess. Just kind of like you know your your antique roadshow kind of of like Wheeler Dealer, not Wheeler Dealer. That's the car one. Um, Storage Wars is a good one. So have probably you ever watched the Bidden Room? Yes, with Nigel Hayes. Yes, I really enjoy that. Yeah. One. It's it's okay. I don't mind that one. It's it's like out of the antiques shows. It, it's kind of like my lower end ones. I like cooking shows as well and quiz shows. I we we have a tendency of just watching a lot of quiz shows at the moment, um, to the point where we've kind of noticed either it's the same question or or similarly worded questions. So it makes us look a lot better in in various different sh- uh, shows and stuff, which is kind of like. We don't know if it's if it's just they're getting it all from the same sources, 
or and they're just rewording it or whatever or we're just getting really good at knowledge general knowledge <laughs> but we, we we must watch about three or four quiz shows maybe a day <laughs> yeah i'm the same whenever i work it's just <laughs> yeah challenge is my best friend now so we have everyone stating their case, you know, Mo stands up, oh, I lost my bar, Barney stands up, oh, he lost his bar, and, you know, robbed the school with Tito, he robbed the school with music there, he's causing us all to yell, and Bart, look at what he did to my best friend, <gasps> and they all turn shocked to Millhouse, gorging himself there on, <laughs> what, his quavers away, Cheater, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> and it, no, my dog, and... Ah, oh, just the sympathies all with Santa's little help there and the little squeak in the wheel. To which we have the monsters returning to town here. Byrne says, oh, you know, that wheel could do with a little bit of oil. Straight away, Bart is gone, much like Homer, just runs straight towards him. And Byrne is carrying some sort of a holster. He's got protection. He's got the heat with him now, Cal. Yeah, and uh, it, it, it's nice because obviously arguably earlier Simpsons where you know the animation was a little bit more cheaper and and later Simpsons where where they kind of cut corners the moment you see Burns you see that he's got a strap so you know it's there and it's just kind of um, it's it's his delivery of just like uh 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 um uh, he's obviously because he's and rightfully so he's pissed a lot of people off he needs protection you know, he needs to start protecting himself because when you haven't got any friends, you know, and all everyone in everyone's enemies, you've got to start having some sort of protection. Everyone kind of starts circling towards him, um, crowding, crowding round uh, Burns, which, and this is a part why I'm, I, I made earlier. Um, I said to uh, before the podcast we we discussed in the episode, um, and with. With I watched it on Disney Plus myself, and I've not really noticed. I like there's only little bits I've ever noticed the infamous stretching of the screens where it's kind of like distorted it, um, the ratio and such. And he kind of everyone's kind of surrounding Burns, and he kind of he he makes a good point. And this is you know if you are ever in a fight or anyone squares up to there, you know the best thing you can do is just call people on your shit because. I'm, either one or two things are going to happen they're going to step down or you're going to get hit like and that's either what's going to happen anyway if you just kind of jump at him you're going to get hit anyway but it's better to have two options than one and you know he calls everyone out on the shit and he goes no you're all too coward you're all too chicken shit who to even do anything stop me? who has the guts to do it and everyone turns around and when I was reading the trivia one person doesn't and this is the thing where on the Disney Plus version they cropped out the person who was looking it out, looking it in. So I had to look at alternative means just to confirm it that the trivia was true, and it is. And there's a slight noise of the person who kind of everyone's kind of goes, mm-hmm, uh, and then the person is a more kind of like angry, mm-hmm, and keeps on staring. The foley is there, you know, the pans are there, and. Uh, good old Burns he, he gets it he, he does his plan he gets he gets this beautiful fucking majestic button off I will say one of the most memorable lines from this that's always stuck with me is the very real grandiose filmic line of 
Oh, by the way, have you ever seen the sun set at 3 p.m.? I once, when I was sailing around Don't the shut up. Arctic, <laughs> piss on his bonfire straight away. <laughs> but yes, very good. Again, keep remembering three, three p.m. And he blocks out the sun. Massive metal circle erupts from Springfield Mountains and blocks out the sun, pitting the whole town into eternal darkness. It seems. I'll just mention as well while some. The people were getting up to threaten Burns there. Um, throughout this episode, the score has been fantastic. Alf Corson yeah. was worth more double his weight in gold with this because every single time someone makes a threat about Burns or, you know, Burns crosses them, they have a certain sting of music there. And it just all perfectly weaves in well. And it's just. It's just like a great thrill. It's like a good Miss Marple. It's like a good... Um, it's like Murder on the Orient Express. The music really sets each scene and really helps tell the story. It's uh, magnificent, Cal. I just thought I'd mention it. When you, just before we go any further, when you said you mentioned 3, what do you mean by that? Uh, like 3pm. A lot of people mention 3pm and the sundial and all that. It's all uh, building up now. The clues are threaded in there. Ah... Uh... It's at 3pm. Just just going back onto it, I've just looked up Baltic Avenue. It's the third space on the uh, second property. Oh, so it's part of the Brown yeah. trio, yeah. Oh, Baltic no, Avenue no. is the third space and the second property on the... On the it's a free... Free two? Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. Uh, sorry. That's They probably didn't mean that. Like... <laughs> Burns is walking off gleefully now. He's laughing to himself there. His plan, he's getting away with it. But just as that happens, Crossy turns up. Ah, hey, 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 yo, I've been in Reno for six weeks. Anything happened? <laughs> I love Crusty's groans there. And um, is that his old, Is that his alibi then? Because there's, yeah. well, apart from one specific screenshot that I'll get into right at the end that caused a bit of a Twitter uh, viral sensation about a year ago. Um, is Krusty off the hook then? I would say so. I, I, if, if we're talking about the same thing, is it post-shooting whether or not Krusty's Krusty or if it's Homer? Yes. Yes, and it, it got debunked. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I never really saw Krusty as a... You know, as a suspect, because he's just kind of... He's so away from it, really. He doesn't really... You know, he doesn't. He doesn't really have any purpose. He's not. He's not personally. Burns hasn't personally done anything to piss him off. You know, he's not cancelled his show or anything like that. Like, I don't know. Would you say so, or would you? What would you say? When I had the theory um, that I believed during that whole viral sensation, I would say yes. But now with the fact that uh, it's been debunked, um, I might as well say it here that. Uh, Krusty looks an awful lot like Homer's uh, character, his uh, his model art there. But um, one of the runners on this episode, Bill Oakley, debunked it and saying that, oh, um, because we were just trying to you know delay everything and keep the suspense as to who actually did it, um, when we sent it off, they were using you know character models of uh, more leaning to Homer than Krusty because they have similar body type, similar uh, head but the mouth and the bags under the eyes are the difference. And they just didn't have 
time to include it or they didn't have time to reshoot or remake it. So it's just due to that. Makes sense. Because I know... Because the thing is, though, uh, Christy actually looks like Homer for a reason because originally it was supposed to be a a massive twist that Christy was Homer. uh, Homer was Christy in disguise kind of thing. And obviously they got... They scrapped it after, I think, a couple of episodes or so. Um, But yeah, that makes sense. That is just kind of like a loop around, which is kind of... That's, it's weird. I was talking to this about to one of my friends, where I I said I would hate to make something, what what became especially like a comic book film or something like that, purely just because for the rest of your life you'd be like Homer, um, when he's Poochie and he's answering nerd questions, forever, and like, one of our good friends Hamza was just like, no, I'd love it. I'd I'd make a career off it. I'd just, I'd love it. Just one thing done. I was just like, would you James gun it and just say that there is, there's one last Easter egg, but then it turns out there is no other Easter egg, and you just kind of... <laughs> just lie to people. Go from there. <laughs> we have Burns wallowing in his evil now, and there's just great foley on just these empty, loud steps there. Burns walking around Town Hall, and Carl notices in the Town Hall that, oh, you know, Mrs. Smithers has left his jacket there. Burns walks a bit more. And then uh, Otto, slightly more humorous, line, oh, that's weird. Mr. Skinner left his mother behind. <laughs> and then Marge is busy putting Maggie into the Simpsons uh, car there. Oh, where's Homer? Bart and Lisa and Grandpa. And then, yeah, Burns just says, oh, this is brilliant. I feel like celebrating. And you see his it shadow. Cuts... Is it, sorry, is it before or after you get the Simpsons, it cuts back to the Simpsons' house and the, the guns being... No, it's, it's during this, yes. Yeah. This is, again, very chill and very nice. You get to see the gun cases empty for Grandpa Smith and Wesson and a single bullet rolls out. Burns goes off into the car park and you hear him saying, oh, it's you, what are you laughing about? What are you so happy about? And then all you hear is dialogue, you know, I see, I think you better drop it. And then what have you, you got hear there? a struggle. That's odd. Mr. Smithers left his jacket behind. Whoa, that's odd. Principal Skinner left his mother behind. <laughs> that's odd. Where's Homer and Bart and Lisa and Grandpa? <laughs> After all these years, things are finally starting to go my way. <laughs> I feel like celebrating. I... Oh, it's you. What are you so happy about? <gasps> I see. I think you'd better drop it. I said drop it. Get your hands off. Where is everybody? <gasps> Hey, man, are you okay? Won't dignify that with response. Mr. Burns has been shot. Just a minute. This isn't Mr. Burns at all. It's a mask. Wait, it is Burns. (laughs) His wrinkly skin looks like a mask. We see Burns stumble out. Uh, he has been shot there, and uh, very important as well, I only recognise this uh, after watching it last week, you hear the chimes of the clock go off for 3pm, Cal. 
So that eradicates um, one suspect, which we'll get into for the sequel. Uh, but Jimbo's just around. I think you stoned off his head. And, hey, are you okay, man? Burns' last words. Not. Gonna dignify that. Ooh, the response. And then he collapses <laughs> on the sundial in a 3 p.m. position, pointing to uh, W and S. Or it could be M and S. Or SW or S and M. We don't know, folks. Again, this has all been building up to this big climax to him actually getting shot now. The references to 3 p.m., the references to the sundial, everyone's surnames, last names, whoever there. And the crowd have now gathered round. Marge has said, you know, I can't believe this, he's been shot. Everyone in this town is a suspect. And just before we get to that, uh, fourth wall break. Wiggum, he's not been mentioned a lot. He get he gets a lot of great time in this sequel uh, that we'll do. It but does. Uh, what happens with Wiggum? Wait a second. This is Mr. Burns. It's a mask. And he tries rubbing his face. No, the noise on it as well with the gums and all that. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Oh, uh, his wrinkly face looks like a mask. <laughs> <laughs> but who could it have been, you know? Uh... Mr. Hibbert, uh, Hibbert, Dr. Hibbert uh, kind of looks around and he says it could have been anyone who can help solve this case. Could and you? And directly uh, go to the... <laughs> well, you think it's you, but then you back out and just went, well, I'll, get, I'll give it a go. You know, it is my job. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever know who did this. Everyone in town's a suspect. possibly solve this mystery. Can you? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I mean, uh, it's my job, right? And that's it, folks. We're off to the races. That is how we finish season six. This would send the whole summer of fans and TV watchers alike into asking... Who shot Mr. Burns there? And that's how we end this episode. And I feel like we're going to be singing from the same hymn she cow. But I need your final thoughts and your unique rating out of five. Worst episode I've ever seen. I hate cliffhangers because it's just like, what the fuck? Um, no, it was. It, it's, it's a great episode. It really is. It's a lot. For, I don't know. It's, it's such an ironic episode where... Uh, an ironic, iconic episode, should I say, um, where I've kind of just almost blanked parts of it, like famous jokes of it. I I I've always, I always remember because of the sundial and such like that, but I couldn't remember some, especially some of the earlier jokes with the oil, um, and and especially being like an older age as well, appreciating some of these little things what would have gone over my head as a as, you know as a younger. Being a fan of this episode, um, it's it, it. It can only really be one rating. Let's be honest, and just try and pad for time whilst I try and think of a good kind of old man five out of five. Grandpa Simpsons wanking himself to magazines. Um, 
um, but yeah, it's just such a strong episode, and it, it is just so funny. And like, we, I, as I said earlier, you know, the the guest, even the, every everyone's got their A game. There's not like a bad performance, you know. The guest stars really good. Um, we'll get onto him obviously in the second half of this episode where he has more. Uh, really, a, just a better joke in general. Really, um, is this a, is this a wonderful episode? What about yourself, Tyler? For me. Um... To speak in a hyperbolic sense, this could arguably be one of the most well-crafted, tightly written uh, episodes of TV, you know, in uh, history. Um, it's up there with, um, yeah, important episodes of Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, whatever, in um, setting up something and sowing the seeds of doubt, red herons putting in clues and whatever this is you know this is the best of what um marple and all that were doing back in the day um they really thought about it they really wanted you to guess there and um all respect to fox for giving them the ball and the marketing and the resources this was the biggest thing in summer of 95 there um wasn't arguably wasn't as big as uh who shot jr just on viewership and all that and a double the amount of figures we're watching i think the reason why this episode is so good as well is because it's building up on on those classic tv moments and you know when we get on to the next episode the beginning of that episode is kind of a clarification it's it's a it's a pun on there's loads of different things there's puns on dallas there's puns on on um uh twin peaks and and such like that you know a lot of the things what are what, the reason why it's classed is what is probably what not just a, a great Simpsons episode, but a great episode of television in general is it, because it just so beautifully par- parodies all these classic tropes of murder mysteries and you know who done it's kind of thing. Yes, I mean I can't praise it enough. Um, yeah, it's an absolute love letter to this episode. So with all that being said. I'm going to finally rank this and I'm going to give it five out of five. Ahoy there, Deans. Uh, Burns in disguise. Um, Out of five, if you will. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Mmm, sounds good.